Hey everyone, and welcome to the Annex Tuesday Night Podcast. The Annex is a community seeking to discover and live life in Jesus. And we hope that this message will help you do just that. If you like what you hear, you can always subscribe. So these messages come right to your phone each week. And you can always check us out at theannexboulder.com or on our Instagram account at theannex.boulder. Enjoy today's message. Hey guys, is this on? Yeah, okay. Well, welcome to the Annex, everybody. My name's Miles. I'm a junior here. Um, As you can see, it is student leadership night. Um, The theme for today is actually, it's going to be me, Rachel, and Trevor in that order. Um, We're going to be talking about kind of emotions that we've gone through just in our personal lives with faith um, and just how we've either coped, we're coping, how things have gone that way. Um, My emotion that I'm going to be speaking on a lot of is uh, fear. Uh, Yeah, just a little bit about me. I came to college and um, I had the complete mentality that, you know, I got away from my parents. I'm going to be partying. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to kind of experience life the way that I wanted to do it. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I was doing my thing. And I had been a Christian my whole life, quote unquote. Uh, you know, I would tell people, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian guy. They'd be like, well, why do you do this? Why do you do that? I'd be like, yeah, I'm not perfect, you know. And I think that's a, that's a thing that a lot of us say. But um, I think the funny part is they always tell you you can go to college and kind of be anything that you want to be. You know, if you're, you want to be cool, you can, you can be cool. You know, if you want to join a bunch of clubs, you can do that. If you want to drink every night and party and do a bunch of drugs, that is completely your prerogative. Um, and that's exactly how I took it. Uh, what they don't tell you is um, sometimes when that happens, you actually just become that person. Um, and I think the first time that I ever, like, took a step back from what I was doing was I went to the basement of um, my friend's dorm, and I was doing homework there, and they basically asked, they said, oh, Miles, how, how drunk are you right now? And I was like, uh, I'm not. I'm just doing homework. They were like, well, how much weed have you smoked? And I was like, none. <laughs> and they were like, no, really. And I was like, I'm serious, guys. I'm, I'm fine. They are like, ah, I don't believe you. They didn't believe me, like, that's when I kind of like looked at myself and I was like, shoot, like, <laughs> I didn't think I had a problem still, but I was like, shoot, like, that's, that's kind of intense. Um, basically, that just kept going downhill, you know, I was enjoying myself and at the end of Benders, uh, things weren't going my way. And I basically came to the annex and a lot of you have heard, if I've talked to you about it, um, that I went on Messenger to Ghana, but what a lot of you don't know about me is, you know, I did it in a very bad spot in my life. It was just like, I was like, God, I need something. Um, But the passages that I want to talk to you guys about are the two splittings of the sea. Um, The first one I'm sure we've all talked or we've all heard about, unless, you know, it's your first time. If that's you, thanks for coming. Um, But basically Moses comes up. They're being chased. The Israelites are being chased by the Egyptians. God comes down to Moses and he says, reach your hand out over the Red Sea and I will part the sea for you, Um, which is exactly what happened in this huge see, I mean, the Red Sea is a big thing, split, Israelites walk through on dry land. Um, When I went on Messenger, that's exactly what I felt like. Like, I came to the Annex once, and like, I did not go a lot, but I came once, and I was just like, I got a brochure, and I was like, this is what I'm doing. Like, there is nothing else in my life that I'm going to be doing. Uh, Ended up going to Ghana, really doubting myself, and 
just being afraid. Like, fear was rampant because what we did was we just preached every day. That's every single person on our team preached every single day. Um, and I think the defining moment was we went to this school and our, mission, our missionaries basically told us, they were like, you're going to a Christian school and all you got to do is encourage them. And I was like, I can do that. That's, that's simple. Um, and for those of you who've talked to me about religion, I, I like to keep things pretty heavy. Like, I'll go, I'll go deep on you and I'll go hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... So this was one of my lightest sermons I did all trip. Literally, I was just, I was preaching about the love of God. I was making jokes. You know, kids were laughing. And, you know, I finish up, and I sit down in my chair, and I look up, and there's four kids crying. And all of a sudden, our missionary stands up, and he goes, does anybody want to accept Christ today? And those four kids stood up, and it turns out we were misinformed. It was a Muslim school um, with a Christian superintendent who let us speak there. And I'll tell you what, that changed my life. I, I said... When I went on that trip, I was like, I, like I'm here because, I don't know, God, do what you want to do with me. But that moment, I gave complete control to God. And it wasn't any of my abilities. I think it's funny how we'll always look at ourselves and we'll be like, I'm in a bad spot in my life. I've got to do something. And for those of you who listen to Judah Smith, you know, he's, a, he's this guy in California. And he, he's like, why is it when we dig this hole, we think, well, I'm just going to dig harder to get out. And he goes... That's the opposite of the gospel. And he's, he's just this little white guy. No, I see. Um, but it's, it's true. It's exactly what we do. It's what we do. Um, and in Ghana, I just realized, God, like, nothing I'm doing here, nothing I'm saying is doing anything. It's just what you're putting through me. Uh, so I took that back home. And when I got back home, it was such a rude awakening. Because I get back and nobody wants to talk about God. Nobody wants to do anything. Um, I love doing party ministry when I got back. It basically, you go to a party, you don't drink, you let other people drink, and then you talk to them about God. Um, <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I love to do. That was my thing. And um, now I do it, and these guys were bringing up some crazy questions for me, questions I'd never heard of. So I just started researching the Bible, and then all of a sudden I realized, I was like, why? Just let God speak through you, man. Like, there's... Knowledge has, there's a place for knowledge. Don't get me wrong. Read your Bibles, all right? Um, But at the end of the day, we just got to let go. Those who lose their life will gain it. That's what Jesus actually says. Um, And I just, I've decided to lose my life. Um, Fast forward to now in my life, we're actually in a season of a lot of unknowing. I don't know. I I know I'm going to be a missionary for the rest of my life. That's what I'm going to do. Um. But right now, I'm trying to find a job for the summer. I don't know. When I leave school, I'm going to be a missionary. Got a whole bunch of stuff on my plate. Really, there's just a lot of fear going through me. And um, the passage that I want to read out to you guys is actually the second splitting of the sea. It's a little less known. It's uh, when the Israelites go through the Jordan River. And we're going to go to Joshua 3.13. And basically, just a little bit of backstory on this. Um, the Israelites need to cross the Jordan River. And basically God says, listen, uh, it's going to be a little different this time. Basically the priests are going to walk over the water. As soon as they touch their foot on the water, um, that's when it's going to happen. It's not going to be like Moses reaches his hand out and things are going to happen. But it says this, and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. 
Now, fun fact about the, the Jordan, this was during the harvest, so this is, a, this is a flooding river. I mean, it's a scary river. And the difference in this is they actually have to put a foot in the water and not know what's going to happen, and then the waters are going to split. And I just think it's funny. We always fear so much in everything that we do. I hear more and more people are getting anxiety. And, like, even I'm getting anxiety to the point where, like, I just don't want to do anything. People just think that I'm cool as a cucumber because I don't show a lot of emotion. But I'm just, I freak out about a lot of stuff. And, like, you know, it's the way things are going right now. But um, the Bible says, do not fear over 300 times in the Bible. And when I look at a passage like this, I think to myself, all I got to do is give up one step to the Lord. That's my, that's my takeaway for you guys is, you know, you're, if you're going through a hard time and freshman it's going to get harder, trust me. You're going to have to make some decisions. Um, I, I'm, that's just the way it is sometimes. Uh, you know, sometimes you've got to put your foot in that water, and it's scary, and you don't know if the waters are going to stop. And sometimes you've got to take another step in there, and it, it sucks. But I'm just telling you from personal experience, that's, that's when the waters stop blowing, and that's when you, you see a path. So, yeah, that's me. Hello. I have Miles has a Bible. I just have a piece of paper that's been folded too many times. Um, so my name is Rachel. I'm a senior. Um, that's me. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm from Chicago, for those of you who don't know. And so freshman, or I guess right before freshman year, coming out of high school, I just kind of took this leap of faith to come to see you. I don't have, I didn't know anyone coming here. I don't have any family that lives here. My family is staying far over there, which is kind of fine with me. And I, it just felt like God was pulling me here. I had never felt so drawn into a decision that I had very little basis for, but I felt like I had to go. And I'd love to see you, like I love Colorado and everything, but the first semester of college was so hard. The second week of school, I got a call from my dad that, my grandpa was really sick, and my grandpa's this pastor, like, really strong, big, powerful dude, and he had kind of just been withering away over time, and I just finally got the call that, like, hey, it could be any day. I just wanted to give you a heads up, and I hung up the phone, and I remember sitting there, like, what do I do now? Like, I can't, I can't just hop on a plane and go home. I have school. I can't, I don't have the money for that anyway. Like, I can't, I don't, I, there's nothing I could do. And there's no one I could talk to. I don't have any friends. I kind of knew my roommate, but like, you can't talk to your new roommate about this kind. Like, I didn't know what to do. And so I went into my room and I remember just sitting there confused and not really having any clue what to do. And I remembered that one of my grandpa's favorite Bible verses, and one that I also really enjoyed, is Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I was like, okay, you know, I need some help. So that sounds like a great idea. And I tend to be a very literal person. So I was like, okay, you know what? I need to talk to God. So you know where I'm going? I'm going up. And so I hiked Chautauqua, and I went up to as high as I could go, and I just looked straight up at the sky, and I said, what the heck? <laughs> like, 
what what's going on what what is going on right now I followed you here and I did what you said and I I leapt into the void and I am falling and I am there's no safety net there's no one there to catch me what am I supposed to do and I just kind of stood up there talking to God for a long time sure everyone thought I was crazy but I didn't really care that much and I eventually was like I know I'm not really supposed to say stuff like this we're not supposed to ask but like I need you to help me out. Like, I need you to give me some sort of a sign that you're listening and I'm not just falling on my own. And, of course, I didn't get, like, struck by lightning or anything. So I, I just was like, well, that's not, I, that's not happening. So I just went back home. And I happened to have signed up for the freshman retreat for, for, through the annex because I was like, well, I'm crying in my room by myself is not helping me at this point. So I went on the retreat. And <laughs> I got, I, we were pulled up, and we pull up to this place, and I don't know if many of you, but it's, it's a popular place, Buena Vista, Colorado, Noah's Ark rafting place. Well, I pull up, and I'm like, oh my lord, I've been here. I had been there almost exactly four years previous on a trip with my high school's mission group. We just happened to stop by on the way there, on our way back from a mission trip in Colorado. I was like, okay, I don't really believe in coincidences. I stopped believing in coincidences a long time ago. And I was like, okay, so this, I see you. I see you're talking to me right now. Let me, let me try to figure this one out. And so I sat through the rest of the weekend trying to piece together what I felt God was saying. And I, I, what I heard was, okay, you know what? You were scared to go to high school because I had been just going into high school at that time. You were scared, but I gave you those people and they helped you through high school. And it was way better than you could have imagined. And here you are again, and I'm giving you these people. Hold on to them because they're going to get you through this time, and it's going to be greater than you can imagine, I promise. And it was. Like, I, the rest of freshman year was awesome. I had a great sophomore, junior year. It was, like, God really did provide in that moment where I felt really frustrated not knowing what he had planned. So then we skip forward to senior year, starting out this, I guess, like, this past fall, and Started this, the year started out a little bit rough. Um, came out of the summer, coming out of a pretty bad breakup. Um, we had been together for a while, and then it ended with him cheating on me. And I came into the school year just feeling so worthless. Like, unbelievably worthless, complete self-doubt. I had never felt so little self-confidence in my life, and no, never felt so lonely. Like, it was just this horrible feeling. But, you know, being uh, the mature adult I am, I just pretended it wasn't happening and told myself that it would be fine. Like, you know, God's got a plan. It'll be okay. I'm sure everything happens for a reason. I'll do it. I, I'll be fine. I just need some time. And went through the rest of the semester. And then coming into this semester, so like the past two or so weeks, started, you know, I, I still kind of feel like crap. And so I starting to put together, like, you know what, God, we didn't, I didn't really talk to you about this because I just thought that it would go away, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. Why did you do this? I feel like I do my absolute best to love you, and I do my absolute best to love people, and I do my, I just try to love as well as I can, and that was the love that you decided to give me back. Like, I just don't understand. And then now, on top of that, accepted this job in, you know, the most exciting state in the world, Missouri, 
And I, I accepted because I felt like that was what God wanted me to do. He wanted me to take this leap. He wanted me to follow where he was telling me to go. But I'm kind of coming to the realization, it's going to be so sad. Like, I love everyone here. And I love Colorado. Like, Colorado to Missouri, are you kidding me? Like, I, the thought of leaving this place in a couple months just absolutely breaks my heart. And just all of these things, it's like, God, why? Why are you making this so hard? You could have, I feel like I do my best to follow you and do what you tell me to do. And you have made this a very painful road, and I don't understand why it had to be that way. Like, I I know that that everyone talks about, like, you don't give us pain, but you know what? You can do whatever you want, and I feel like you could have taken some of this away from me because I really feel like I can't handle it anymore. And it was this past weekend. I was driving up to Estes. We had a leadership retreat, and I was by myself, and I just turned off the music in my car and sat in the silence, which, if you know me, not something I'm good at. And... I sat there and just thought, okay, okay, I, I can do this. And after a while, just whispered, why? Why? Why, 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 why did you do this? Why is it this way? Why am I going to Missouri? Why can't I stay here? Why did you have to end my relationship like that? Why couldn't you take at least some of this burden from me? And then if nothing else, I've prayed you for months asking you to settle my heart on a subject that I just can't seem to handle. And I feel nothing. I feel still just torn down and completely have fallen apart. I'm just confused and I'm frustrated. And you know what? Like, I don't understand why you had to do it this way. And admittedly, it's, I have not gotten really an answer yet. I mean, it's only been a couple of days, so who knows what will happen. But like, I, 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 but I haven't yet. And I think what I'm trying to, my plan of action, my thought going forward is last, the last time I felt so broken that I couldn't stand up and I couldn't do it by myself, I just told God about it. I told him that I didn't understand and I was frustrated with him. And he, pull, he, he pulled my life together in a way that I could never have imagined. The people that I've met here, the things that I've gotten to do, the connections that I've made through here, are far and beyond a college experience that I could have ever planned for myself. But I went through some hard times to get to it. And I just, in this moment, feel like I got to trust God on it. But if I've learned anything through the frustration of all these times, it's that pretending that I'm not mad is not going to help. God knows I'm lying. He's not stupid. I have to, like, I have to fully just accept that I'm mad and then lean on him in that frustration and hope for the best. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. Uh, My name is Trevor. I'm a senior on Annex Leadership. I've been around for three years in the leadership team, and I've been going to the Annex for four years. And I just wanted to come up here and talk to you today about um, something that's really, I've really struggled with in my life over the last three years, and it's loneliness. And that's pretty much by far the worst feeling in my life that I've ever experienced. And I don't know if that's, you know, same for you or whatever, but it, it really hurts. And it kind of started around sophomore year. I just want to kind of dive in because I didn't have a relationship with God, but I started it freshman year, and it was like, 
pretty awesome and you know like all this excitement how who yay and then i get to sophomore year and it's like okay now what's my relationship like and it kind of just fell flat for a bit and i can kind of go through a lot of details but really i think the most important part is is kind of captured in this one story and it's halloween my uh my sophomore year and um i was dressed as a zookeeper drake was harambe and um our roommates all dressed up as zookeepers. And it's this time in my life where I was just super lonely and I wasn't that, you know, stoked on life or anything. And we go to this party and we're just kind of like dancing around. And, and I was doing the same thing I always did was I was lonely. I didn't feel very good, but I was able to numb the pain and just hide it, right? I could go on the dance floor. Like these knees were meant to wobble. These hips were meant to shake. I was meant for the dance floor. And then I couldn't dance anymore. I was like, all right, I'm pretty tired. So I go to the kitchen. And there's a bunch of people there, and I decide to talk to them. Um, and one guy comes up to the group, and it's my friend Sean. He's tall, blonde, and, like, stacked. You know who he is. If, if you don't, go say hi. He's a nice guy. And what I mean by that is, like, he came in. We're all in this group, and we're, I don't even know what we're talking about. And at some point, the topic got on me, and I wasn't that happy about it. But it was on me. And Sean literally, like, takes an ice bucket of love and just pours it on me. Like, love like, loving thing after loving thing. And what's funny is I'd been, like, in this situation in life where, where I'd been pushed up to this cliff, like, to the edge of this cliff, right? And I'd left God behind me. Loneliness put me up to this cliff. But it wasn't loneliness that pushed me over the cliff. It was love. Because in that moment, when, La- when Sean was pouring love on me, it pushed me over this cliff. Like, I had to walk outside and sit in a chair because I couldn't stand up anymore. I was, like, sitting there like this. And my, I couldn't feel my hands. I couldn't feel my, my like, forearms, and I couldn't even feel my face. I had the first panic attack of my life. I've never had a panic attack like that ever again. And it was the worst day of my life, actually. And it's funny because, like, love was what put me over the edge. And I woke up the next day, and the next day sucked. And I woke up for the next, like, week, and that week sucked. And I actually woke up every single day for the next, like, six to eight months, and every single day sucked because I was like, ah, oh, you know, I got this thing, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to fix it all. It's all going like, to turn around, and I'm just going to be awesome, right? Because I got faith in this super awesome thing. You know what that thing is? It was traveling, which is the wrong answer. Um, I went to travel. I had this cool plan after sophomore year. Where I would go to Europe for a month with my family, then Tanzania alone for a month, and then I'd study abroad in Cape Town, and I thought, oh, this thing is going to be great, and it's going to change my life. And it did, but I, I kind of thought it would fix all of my problems and fix my loneliness, and it didn't. I essentially just was like a lonely guy, in different places around the world now. And that's like, that's even worse. You know, you're like, oh man, I have like no cell reception in Tanzania. I'm just like alone. So that's fun. And then I came home and you know what happened when I came home? I was still lonely because everyone was taking finals and I had to be in my parents' house and my parents are like awesome and I love them, but they're teachers. They're no fun anymore. Um, at least not at 12 when they're at work. And, and then I just kind of like, kept existing and I was like okay this problem has gone on for two years like the buffs went from a good football team to a bad football team twice like now they've sucked twice and I've still been lonely this whole time and I don't know exactly when like (laughs) I don't know exactly when it turned around like this exact moment but I can point to kind of this analogy where that night Halloween God took love and had a nice, like, solid uppercut straight to my gut. 
And then ever since, he was just kind of like throwing jabs, like these small little things. There were a few other uppercuts in there. I didn't mention them, but he was throwing these jabs of just love. And one of those jabs was spring break last year. We went to Panama City, me and five friends. If you've never been to Panama City, don't go. It's awful. It's 24. We drove 24 hours there and then 24 hours back. And (laughs) I see Sean in the back. Sorry. It's awful. (laughs) Um. And Sean and I drove back with our four friends. We're driving back in the mommy missile, the gas mommy. It's uh, a legendary van that my mom owned, and it broke down right after the trip. But Sean and I were partners in the driving. We had pairs. And we get, like, the butt crack of dawn. It's, like, 4 a.m. to 12 a.m., and we're just, like, loopy. And the, the thing about it is when you're, like, awake at 4 a.m., you get pretty real with each other. And, like, I really appreciate Sean in those moments. And we just, like, talked. And it didn't really matter what we talked about. It's just the fact that, like, almost two years later, the same guy, I'm able to have this conversation. And God's using him to basically take a couple jabs at me. And it finally just started to click, right? God never stopped fighting for me. He always loved me that whole time. And he just kept using it. And sometimes it hurt. A lot of times it hurt. And then finally I just started to realize, wait a minute. He loves me, and it'll never stop. And I can prove it to you, actually. This thing is full of it, actually. It's the Bible. Jeremiah 31, 3. It says, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. And the word that I'm drawn to in that whole page is not necessarily the love, but the unfailing part. It, it doesn't stop. It's so consistent. It never stopped for me. All I had to do was go out there and find it because my loneliness was a byproduct of me not believing that I was loved. But if God, he used my friends, he used my family, he used my relationships, he even used those times when I was alone to help me realize that I was loved. And if he loves me so intensely and so consistently, then I think I have permission to love myself. And that's what was missing. That's what was missing in my life. And that's what I used to overcome my loneliness. And it's, still around in some aspects, but it's certainly something that I feel like I have and can continue to overcome. And that's going to lead me into this next part of tonight. And um, that's these cards, these nice little cards. Thanks, Kate. We appreciate you. Um, You probably picked one up on your way. I don't know if you've written anything or what, but um, I wrote something on mine. It's loneliness. I crossed it out to love because that's kind of what I talked about today. And I just really encourage you either during worship or just at some point maybe today, write something down that, that means something to you. Maybe it's an emotion you're struggling with, and maybe you, you don't have an answer. Maybe you just leave it there for a bit. And maybe someday you cross it off and you know, you know, okay, here's maybe a strategy for me to figure out. Or if you don't want to write something down now, write something down maybe another day. Just use this. Use this card to write something meaningful to you that you can keep and you can look at it, you can hang it up or something and you can reference it. Because we want you to walk out of here with something that you can can keep. And with that, um, my time is up and I'm going to pray for us. So, thank you. Um, thanks. Let's, okay. Thank you. Uh, dear Lord, thank you so much for uh, allowing this gathering today and... Um, Thank you for Miles, and thank you for Rachel. Thank you for allowing me to speak. And I just hope that you allow all of us to just be 
drawn to you and to be comfortable with you and to just search for maybe some of the answers we've been looking for or to ask some of those hard questions um, and just most of all to to feel you when we need to feel you, to know that we are loved and um, to just know you. Thank you so much. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you back here next week.